Grace and peace to you all, and welcome to another episode of Your Week with St. Luke's, our weekly podcast from St. Luke's United Methodist Church. My name is Jad Demark. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited about today's episode where we're going to have a conversation with two beloved friends and beloved St. Luke's, Danielle Heider and Ryan Arnold. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, I'm glad to be here. You guys are amazing people in, as, as just individuals and your gifts and graces and, and how you bless the church. Uh, Danielle, you sing in the choir and volunteer uh, with uh, uh, Children's Ministry. You're also on our uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, DEI uh, committee, and you're bringing an important voice to, to that effort. Uh, Ryan, you're a candidate for ministry and uh, active in our volunteer and our youth ministry in particular. Uh, and I love it. Uh, you're an actor. And so you've been in the last two uh, two major summer productions here at St. Luke's, including the Mermaids. Thank you both for another dimension of, of blessing uh, the community of St. Luke's uh, with your presence here. So July, uh, a lot of people might not know, Disability Pride Month. And while we're close to the end of July, I want to challenge all St. Luke's and everyone hearing that Disability Pride, along with LGBTQ Pride, is not just a month-long thing, it's a lifelong thing. And so uh, we're going to have a conversation today about disability pride, and we hope and pray that amongst that conversation, each and every one of you all who are listening might grow to uh, find uh, new ways of being, uh, new ways of using language, uh, and new ways of loving, love your neighbor as, as Jesus has mandated to us. So with that, Danielle, why is July Disability Pride Month? July has been designated as Disability Pride due to the fact that that's when the ADA, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act, was passed, which was July 26, 1990. It, it's this, a civil rights act that protects individuals with disabilities, but it also ensures that they have equal access and accessibility to buildings, public programs, and accommodations as well. Which yeah, I know I'm someone who has two uh, learning disabilities. I'm dyslexic and have short-term memory processing. And I know that I personally benefited greatly from that, going to college and having accommodations mm -hmm. available to me. Ryan, what does Disability Pride Month mean for you? Well, for me, honestly, I didn't even know there was such a thing until a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And I have not always been in a place where I've been proud of my, dis of my disability. It's taken me a while. Mm -hmm. But I think that for me, of Disability Pride Month, it just gives me more of a opportunity to like live into who I am and educate other folks around it. Like, I know it's not necessarily my job as a disabled person to educate able-bodied people around disability, but I, I like doing that because it opens doors and raises awareness. And I so appreciate that. I think that's part of what our DEI and the pastors of St. Luke's want to do with this conversation and many, many more is how do we raise awareness so that our behaviors and our languages can change so that we're being more loving. That's one of the things that I appreciate about claiming a month for something like this. As we think about this a little more, I think about a term called microaggression. And sometimes people just don't know what microaggression is. Sometimes they don't know that they're actually doing it. So Danielle, could you help us understand what microaggressions are in particular to someone with a disability? Yeah. So a microaggression is essentially is a 
It can be unintentional or it can also be intentional statements that demonstrates a form of bias or prejudice, particularly within the disability community. You'll often hear a lot of individuals with disabilities talk about the term inspiration porn, which is when non-disabled people will say, oh, you're so inspiring, but then they don't actually talk about, you know, what makes us inspiring. Is it just because we have a disability or is it because of the accomplishments and what we've been able to do? But it definitely can be really harmful because of the fact that words hurt. And I think the other part of it is just understanding how we can do it differently. That's so helpful. Permission to just ask a question, right? Parker Palmer, this is a great spiritualist and theologian talks about leaning in with wonder. When you feel like anxiety mm-hmm. rising, lean in with wonder. And that wonder should take us to places of more graciousness and, and asking questions. Ryan, I know I've heard you talk before about inspiration porn and, and how it can be so frustrating for you. You want to share a little bit about your experience with that? Well, the biggest example that I can give people is like people, like Danielle said, people say, oh, you're so inspiring because of you know, what you've done with your disability. Why am I inspiring? If if my disability was taken out of the equation, you wouldn't think that it was inspiring for me to be at church or to be, you know, buy macaroni and cheese at Walmart. But everybody's always like, oh, it's so good to see you out. Like, I'm just living my life. Like, I, I mean... People always say that I'm so inspiring because of the amount of degrees I have and what I've done. And I mean, that's fine. But also, it took me eight years to get my bachelor's because I could not decide what I wanted to major in. And so if I wasn't disabled and you heard me say that I had taken eight years to get a bachelor's, then you would say, what's wrong with you? Were you just lazy? Mm-hmm. What? How? But now it's like, oh, he's disabled. Of course it took him eight years. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's kind of, no one's ever said that in those words, but th- that's kind of the the tone that it takes, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, of course, that poor boy, he needs more time, you know? And it's just really frustrating. I think a lot of times if people people forget to realize that we're human beings too, and we have interests and dislikes. And are there things that we might have to do slightly differently? Yeah, but then that's all of us. It's through our differences that we can really strengthen our community and understanding what we all bring to the table. Amen to that, for sure. Mm-hmm. What does it say to you when a space isn't accessible or when a space is accessible? I think when it's not accessible, I think it contradicts, you know when we say all are welcome. Certainly though, it's all about making sure that we think out of the box because the more we're able to think about everyone and what that looks like, the more we're able to welcome our friends and our beloved neighbors. You know, oftentimes what I've seen is that a lot of non-disabled people often fear disability and it questions their humanity. So it's kind of breaking mm-hmm. down that barrier too, that it's okay to say disability. Mm-hmm. And then being able to recognize that, particularly if someone was born with a disability, that's a part of who, who they are, essentially. That It doesn't define them, but 
that's what they've known. I'm a firm believer that God doesn't make any mistakes. And I know for me as an individual with a disability, I know that the opportunities that I've had to be able to touch people's lives, I don't know if I would have had that if I didn't have my disability. Thank you for that. Ryan, I'd love to hear your thoughts about access and accessibility. I'd love to hear have your perspective and voice to that too. Well, Jen, you know, it's interesting that we're talking about this on the cusp of LGBTQ Pride Month, because I'm also a member of the LGBTQ plus community. And I would like to be able to go to the Pride celebrations that we have here in the city of Orlando. And the biggest one is in October around National Coming Out Day because it's so hot in Orlando that we don't like to do it in June. But, you know, I can't really go there. There's a lot of it that is on the grass. Mm -hmm. and my chair can't get to it. Like it's in the big round part of Lake Eola and only about half the booths are accessible. And even amongst my own community, people are always like, well, you're not gay. What are you doing here? It's like people don't assume that because I have a disability, I have the same desires as a normal adult gay male. So they're like, oh, well, you're not, you're, you're not going to get a romantic partner. What, what are you? Anyway. A lot of it is not accessible. And they even, I feel othered in my own community because mm. of, they don't, they don't have a lot of, well, I can't say the last time I tried to attend that pride was before the pandemic. So I can't say it, it might've changed, but last time I went, I ended up leaving within two to three hours because I felt so uncomfortable and unsafe there, you know, because mm. it's inaccessible. What is that? Yeah. It says that I'm not welcome here. I'm not thought about here. I'm not considered. Yeah. With the yeah. Um, community that, you know, we're supposed to be love is love and it's mm -hmm. just love and we're welcoming and we want equality. And yet you don't members of my own community don't show me equality. I mean, they're, they're like, what's that guy in the wheelchair doing here? You know, mm. so I just yeah. don't feel welcome and included. I don't feel accessible. The Spectrum Center is not accessible. I mean, it's too small. You know, I can't get around. Yeah, yeah sorry. That just really struck oh. a chord with me when you were asking that question. So sure. that's where yeah. I went. You know, and I'm glad you did because we this is what we want to do with these podcasts to have open conversation to raise awareness uh, so that we we can we can do better. So I'm grateful, Ryan. Don't you don't have to apologize for sharing your perspective and your voice, right? So something else with disability pride, something I think of is is ableism, and and I wonder how we might help other people understand their ableism or their ableistic tendencies, right? So how would y'all talk about helping someone understand, hey, that's that's ableist. That is doing hurt and harm to, to people, uh, to, to your neighbor. It's not loving them, right? I think as Wesleyans, do no harm, do good. To refrain from ableism is to do no harm. So I, I wonder how you can help our listeners at least be more aware of that. Ableism essentially is like, for instance, most people are familiar with racism, 
or, you know, sexism. Essentially, it's a form of prejudice towards individuals with disabilities. Oftentimes, you know, there is intentional prejudice, but most times what I have found is that a lot of people just remain really ignorant about some of those different biases that tend to be more ableist in the way of how they think about individuals with disabilities. Oftentimes, people think about individuals with disabilities as being inferior or not able, when in reality, most people are able and able to do things. They just might do things slightly differently and being able to normalize what's different. And I think that's one of the biggest things that our society has a lot of issues. We we see things as normal and abnormal and anything that doesn't fit into that box, people get scared of when in reality, it's just, it's okay. You know, that's the broad scope of it. If you want to narrow that down, Ryan. Well, I mean, there, there are different degrees of ableism. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about yeah. microaggressions and like big deliberate aggressions, but like ableism for me, I feel like is really targeted towards me because mm-hmm. my disability is cerebral palsy and I use a power wheelchair. So it's really mm-hmm. visible and people, the biggest ableist comments that I get are, are about my wheelchair and like mm-hmm. they'll like whether it be a bus driver or something saying I have a wheelchair on board mm-hmm. and just referring to me as a wheelchair mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the other day there was someone I was somewhere and someone thought I was going too fast mm-hmm. and they said the wheelchair comes barreling through mm-hmm. like and I'm sitting right here and, yeah. and I, I can hear you. But then, you know, I mean, if I say something about it, like, you know, you could talk to me about it. You, I'm sitting right here. You don't have to talk to whoever about it. Then I come across as a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just, that's why I'm kind of sarcastic about ableism because like, I feel like, People should know better, but I also know mm-hmm. that if you're not confronted with things, you're just not gonna yeah think about it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think one of the things that I've that's that's helped me to be able to engage people is asking them how they would feel if that comment was made for them. Because the reality is that disability is a minority group that essentially anybody can join at any point in time. Because you think about if you've ever have broken an arm or broken a leg or had a temporary disability where cancer is a classified diagnosis in the ADA, any form of illness or physical disability temporarily Think about how you would want to be treated in that space because it it matters. And I think it takes someone experiencing that for that light bulb to go off and they're like, oh, now I get it. And it's taken me a long time, like Ryan, to to get to that place to where I say, I love myself because of how God created me and, and being an individual with a disability. Recently, I was at an event and someone came up to me and they had asked which event I was participating in. And I told him, I was like, well, I'm actually not participating in the event. I said, I'm a staff member. And their expression was, oh, and I'm like, really? Like, 
you know, yeah. I hold a job and I pay my bills like everybody else. I live my life. Yeah. I, I know for me, my disabilities are, and Daniel, you use this language. It was so helpful for me, uh, invisible. I read really, really slow. And if I've never read it before, I'm going to get lost. And so I, I work hard at it. But I also try to talk about mine in ways that are normalizing. Ryan, you don't have to talk about your motorized chair because it's there. People can see it. And I love how you're direct with people about like, hey, I'm here, like that sarcasm, because it, it does normalize. So I know that it's something I've tried to do and and uh, to, to help normalize it because mine, mine is invisible. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that leads us to like the, the last bit of our conversation. We've been kind of dancing around it a little bit, but actually use, doing a lot of it is, is language. Mm-hmm. Language we use, you know, language evolves over time. I've heard a lot of different experts in different fields talk a lot about mm-hmm. definitions and dictionaries that they're descriptive, not prescriptive, right? Definitions are. And that's why they have, the words evolve and change and how we use words evolve and change. I know when when I first came to full grips with, with my disability, I started using the term, I'm a person with different abilities. My brain mm-hmm. works differently, but I've heard from other people said, well, like, I don't, that doesn't fit me. And I don't want to appreciate that. And we used to have these parking spaces and we called them handicapped. That's not language that's, that's, that's helpful and, and, and meaningful. What are some more helpful language for people to have pride around disabilities and loving their neighbor more? Jet, could I address the handicapped parking? Please. Because I feel like a lot of people do not understand why that is so offensive. We think about a handicap in golf, right? That's something that gives you like kind of an advantage or a disadvantage. But the term handicapped as referred to by the handicapped parking means someone who was putting their hand out for a handout. People with disabilities didn't always have the rights that we have. All the um, choice that we had was to like be institutionalized or, you know, be beggars basically because we didn't have access to free public education until the passage of the ADA. When you're saying something about somebody being handicapped, you really are calling them lesser. You're calling them basically a burden on society. So like Mm -hmm. whenever... If I hear someone say handicapped, oh, he's handicapped, my handicapped friend, or let's go to the handicapped parking, it feels like you're punching me in the face. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's a little bit harsh because I know a lot of people probably don't realize that, but I do. It, it's just really hurtful. And even me, there's internalized ableism because we've heard it all of our lives. So whenever I get flustered or whenever I'm trying to get someone, like the bus driver will ask me, where do I park? Where do I do this? And I'm like, just go to the handicapped parking. And then I'm like, I just use that word about myself, you know? Mm, yeah. But, but, it, but it was programmed in me for so long in the 90s. When I was growing up, that's what it was called. You're handicapped. Right. You know? Right. So, but yeah. I don't like the term handicap. Please do not use that word. So, now, and if you if you look at the signs, if you look at the signs that, that say Luke's, they say accessibility. Yeah, mm-hmm. they say accessible parking now. That's so what we don't use do. that terminology, but we gotta yeah. deprogram ourselves from hurtful, hurtful terminology. 
one of the words that I that always kind of rubs me the wrong way is when people will say, oh, you're so special or special needs. I'm like, no, like a lot of people, like a lot of individuals with disabilities really look at special needs as a really a derogative term because Mm -hmm. there's not really, I mean, we all have different needs and we all have, you know, our health is, is going to be different. Um, there's not anything special about that. And a disability is just that a disability. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to tiptoe around that word. We can just call it what it is. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Danielle mm-hmm. put it more eloquently than I could, but a lot of people have a problem with the term mm-hmm. disability, but mm-hmm that's what it is I mean that's what I don't know what else to call it that's what I've called it my entire life and it's not a bad word I have a shirt though that has a that says don't diss my ability I really like that one yeah um because it's like don't take my ability to do something for granted just because I get around differently than you you know like right 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 I think a lot of times people like they don't recognize that, you know, for instance, um, for individuals who might use a scooter or a wheelchair, that that's just an instrument that helps them get around. It's not in, in you know, understanding, too, that our bodies, that's not public access. Like, you don't have to come up to me and say, let me let me put my hand on you and pray, pray for your healing. Like, oh, no, God. like, come on now. Like, yeah. I think you know, and Ryan, then you can probably explain this more um, in the fact that if you're coming up and you think that someone needs help, especially if they're using a wheelchair, don't just grab their wheelchair and push them, like ask before you automatically assume. Mm -hmm. Okay, because my wheelchair, like my electric wheelchair is super sensitive. And if you grab the joystick, Mm -hmm. it's going to go. Like, I mean... Mm -hmm. especially the setting that I have it on because I know how to drive the wheelchair and then people like the bus driver will will try to help me get in place most likely because they're impatient yeah and they think I'm doing it fast enough and they'll grab my joystick and it'll cause me to like lurch forward and I'll be like whoa and then they'll be like you should turn your chair down slower and I'm like no you shouldn't grab my chair because you don't know how to drive, drive it, you know, so Ryan, you you and I both know that, you know, um, back in the day, we would hear that term, um, wheelchair bound, um, very frequently. How, Mm. how would you encourage St. Lucas to be able to reframe that? So wheelchair bound makes it sound like my wheelchair is restricting me Mm -hmm. it is not restricting me my wheelchair is my freedom i am not Mm -hmm. bound to a wheelchair i am freed by a wheelchair if i'm out of my wheelchair and i'm on the couch or i'm in my bed i have to wait for someone to get me out then i'm bound i'm not bound Mm -hmm. if i'm in my wheelchair you know and even members of my own family have used that said you're bound Mm -hmm. to a wheelchair and i I got into a knockdown, dragging out fight with a member of my family and was like, no, I'm not. My wheelchair is my freedom. And if you actually knew me, you would understand that. 
sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. I just get super impassioned, you know? Yes, you should. You should. And so that leads me to a simple rule is um, that you tell me if if I'm if I'm off base here, but person first. Mm -hmm. Yes. The the individual first. So it's a person with a wheelchair, person with a disability. I say wheelchair user. Mm -hmm. That is saying wheelchair first, but it's it's different because it's bringing attention to the person, you know, Mm -hmm. like so I say I use a wheelchair. I'm a wheelchair user. Well, and I think I think also just just in in how we think and and behave person first also. Right. Mm -hmm. That if we begin with someone as a beloved child of God, who they are. If we begin with that, that leads us to 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 better, more healthy places where we're doing less yeah. and less less harm, and we're more open to being corrected when it comes to language. I would think we're we're more um, uh, willing to learn as opposed to being d- d- defensive about, you know, yeah. terminology. Well, what when I grew up, it was this and this and that. Well, it's different now, right? <laughs> uh, we know we know now that that this has been hurtful to people and harmful to people. So. And I'm so grateful to, to both of you for giving us your time to, to share your perspective. And like I began with, I'm just so grateful for the both of you for being a part of St. Luke's and you, you each add such unique beauty from your gifts, the gifts and graces that you have within you. And I wish more and more people would be willing to um, jump in and be a part of community of faith the way you all have. Danielle, can you, as we close out, can you tell us some of the things that are up and coming with the DEI and when it comes uh, to, to persons with disabilities? Yeah, so we are currently working on a resource page. So that way, if you know of someone who has a disability or you yourself has a disability and you're looking for some resources, we're, start, we're starting to put that together. And then we're also looking at, I know, there's been some discussions about including disability into Shalom as well. And then certainly we'll be having some social media posts, I'm sure, by the time this comes out. And then Great. I know, I think that there's been some discussions too about just kind of looking at how we can ensure that our building is also accessible and making sure that that's welcoming to everybody. Yes, yes, that's ongoing. But as we built the treehouse, I, I, we wanted to make sure that, that it was accessible and not just with a ramp, but a ramp that would hold uh, an electric chair, right? Same thing with Founders Hall. And so we're going to retrofit some spaces and, and make them uh, make them more more accessible. And I think it's all of our lives. We're, we're, we're learning how to be more accessible to the grace and love of Jesus Christ and make ourselves uh, more accessible to our sisters and brothers and siblings around us. So Again, I'm grateful for both of you all and our time together. And uh, for listeners, I hope to see you on Sunday uh, for worship, either online on uh, Facebook or YouTube or in person and worship with us. But know that you're in our thoughts and prayers and hope you have a blessed week and that this conversation uh, has blessed and challenged and encouraged uh, you.